Well, good morning to everyone. Uh, hopefully, ooh, hey, really hot. Some of you enjoyed uh, enjoyed a donut before service. Yes, yes, I know I did. It was it was delicious. It is great uh, to see so many of you here this morning. It truly is, especially with the the circumstances that we have, the rules, if you will, that we we have to play by in this world. Um, those of you joining us online, sorry you missed the donut. Uh, we could send you some if there's leftover. I don't know. Post office. I actually talked to our post office uh, deliverer this week, our, our postal service worker. My, my uncle uh, was a work for the post office basically his entire life. Uh, he rode his bike a lot on his mail route. But anyway, I was talking to her, and if you've been watching the news, you might have heard a few weeks ago that the, uh, was it the U.S. Postmaster General? Is that the guy? Yes, Steve. Okay. The guy like that said, hey, um, here's the thing. We got all these packages to deliver, so uh, we're not going to pay you overtime anymore to go back and get more packages. And so the, uh, the, 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 the postal worker informed me that actually that's true. Um, they're not. You can go get more packages to deliver, but you don't get paid any extra to go and, and get that if you go over your time and deliver the packages first. So your USPS mail, well, you know, it may get there eventually. But, but deliver the packages first. So just, just know those things are out there. That, those things are happening. Also, if you're watching online today, you might notice um, that we are using a different camera. Uh, way, 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 way infinitely better quality camera. We do not have all the bugs worked out yet in the audio department. We, we still got some fusion to do there, but we wanted to upgrade that for you guys. So hopefully it all works. Uh, you might need to turn your TV set down just a little um, because it's coming in hot. I mean, hot. Um, and we cannot figure out, yeah, we cannot figure out why that is, all right? So, so just know that. We're aware. Um, we'll work on it in the weeks to come. As soon as my buddy Seth gets back, we'll be able to get it all dialed in correctly, not the way I'm doing it. So that is, that's a key, a key thing for us. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, the masks, it, it's, it's if, hey, if it's what we got to do, it's what we got to do. And uh, we'll honor that, and we'll honor God above that, and uh, enjoy his presence in this place this morning. Amen? Yeah. One of the things that I love, and one of the things that's really cool, you may or may not know this, but you guys are really getting better at participating in the service. And you're going to have lots of opportunities today um, as uh, we get through the message today together. But one of the things is the louder you are, the more they can hear you on TV, wherever they're watching or on their computer or they're watching, and it makes it even more like you're there when you can hear people participating. So just remember that. Um, just remember that as, as time goes on that that is a thing. It, it, it is real, and it, it does help out, all right? So last week, we talked a little bit about this idea that life is a journey, right? There's some of you in the room, some of you watching right now that do not like that. You're one of those people that, that just doesn't like to take risks, okay? You kind of like to have your life planned out for you. You don't really like to travel. You shy away from adventure. Let's just be honest. You're very predictable, very steady, very routine. Your life is fairly uneventful. Is anybody like that in this room? Just Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, well, here's the thing. Um, as you've figured out now in life, um, it doesn't always work that way, does it? You can have the best laid plans, and, and the more uneventful, the more uh, less stressful your life is, shall we say, it's probably going to go a little more peaceably for you than many other people. But we cannot avoid all of life's events, can we? There's just no way. There's just no way to do that. And so we ask the question, are we there yet? And we're going to continue on that this week and next week as well. So for fun, to start off this service, um, they've got this new word meme. Um, I know it's been around for several years now, but I actually looked it up to find out, is there, like, is that short for something? Or, and it's not. It's actually just its own word for whatever that means. Anyway, they've got all these memes, these things representing the year 2020. So far. Now, if you're on the internet, you have seen probably every single one of these, so bear with us. But if you're not on the internet a lot, you may 
not have, all right? So uh, the, there's a shortened phrase that people be using all the time, and they'll just kind of, it doesn't, it's not very good grammar. But this, in case, uh, quarantine be like. How many of you experienced this during the quarantine? Everything's just a day, right? I, I have no idea what day of the week it is, like just no clue. Um, you know, even for me, we got to the point where uh, we were recording these services in advance, and so I'd be sitting at home watching it just like you, and so I really had absolutely no idea uh, what day of the week it, it truly was. Um, the second one, I, I don't know if your calendar looks like this one, but you remember January and February, and then everything since then has just kind of been that, and Christmas is coming. I don't know if you knew that, but this is August. <laughs> Okay, so just be ready. Christmas services will be here. Christmas Eve service, it will happen. Um, I promise it's just going it, to, it'll be here. But before we know it, it will definitely be here. Uh, this lady had a great idea for a face mask walking into the store. She actually used one of those little Gideon Bibles as a face mask. Um, <laughs> Satan, you're not going to bother me with this virus, all right? So that's a, good, that's a good thing. They do know, if you did not know, they canceled the Olympics, which is really sad because this is one of the Olympic sports they had to cancel. This is the perfect quarantine sport. It is that of fencing. Think of it. You've got the gloves. You've got the hat. You've got a sword. If anybody gets closer than six feet, you stab them. I mean, that, that is perfect, a perfect sport for all of us to participate in during this time. Um, you might have seen this one. I don't know. Uh, my husband and I went to the grocery store with masks on. I came home with the wrong husband. Be careful when you're out there, people. Just be very, very careful. Uh, those of us that watch old TV, or some of you probably saw it when it was first on. Sorry, I didn't mean to insult you if I did. Um, if 2020 was a person, this would be her. <laughs> I, the main reason when my mom and sisters would watch this show that I could not stand her or her mom, they just, I just couldn't. Nels, what's wrong? With, I just never did figure out what was happening in that whole situation, okay? Husband and wife conversation. Wife, did I get fat during quarantine? Husband, you were never really skinny to begin with. <laughs> Cause of death, COVID-19, right? You got it. <laughs> You got it. That's exactly what would happen. And then, of course, we had to throw in a good church one. Whoever it is that's supposed to go to Nineveh, would you hurry up and go already, right? Yeah, you remember what happened to Jonah and all his people. Those things are humorous. Absolutely they are. But the reality is this. You and I all know people that are struggling, facing real trials during this time. There are people who have lost loved ones, older, younger you name it. There are people that have lost loved ones because of other events that have happened in society having nothing to do with this disease. There are people that are genuinely afraid, not just of this moment, but of what might come next. And so with so much uncertainty in this moment, there is this great fear of the future that so many people are hanging on to. And I, I got to be honest with you, we are called to share the truth with others. You as a believer, it's not just my job. You as a believer, it is your job to share the truth in love with those that do not know Jesus yet. It, I, I was thinking this week, if I did not know Jesus, if I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus right now, where would I be in all of this? What would I be thinking about? What would I be dwelling on in this moment? And then you've got to realize that that's the majority of Americans. may not be you, but it's most people at this point? Would I be terrified like so many of them are? Because apart from Christ, what is a person left with? Because everything in this world can be taken from you. Everything in this world can be taken from you in the moment's notice. So apart from Christ, what do we have left? If you spend just five minutes watching the news or checking out headlines on the internet, you'll see exactly what the world is facing. Apart from Christ, there's no truth. 
the world can and does lie. I don't know if you knew that or not. The media can and does lie to us. Here's why. Have you ever wondered? There is no need for the world, for the media, or anyone else, really, to tell the truth. There is no purpose behind it. Whether it's good news or bad news, it really doesn't matter. The truth doesn't benefit them in any way. It doesn't bring in money or viewers. You see, deception, partial truths, lies, well, that keeps people returning for more and more and more information. Now, as discerning thinking people, we should be able to see that and go, you know, I've had enough. I'm going to turn that off. But that's not the way of our culture, is it? We feed off information, whether it's good information, bad information, accurate information, completely made up fictitious information. Well, that really doesn't matter, does it? In fact, very, very few people take any time or are willing to even try to figure out what category their information fits into of all those things. Instead, we race to see how fast we can repost things on Twitter, repost things on Facebook. We share whatever we hear instead of checking into the validity of the report. Let me give you a really quick one that literally this happened to Chris and I this week. I don't remember what day it was. I think it was Wednesday. She saw a news report from Indianapolis. Marion County schools have all decided to cancel all fall athletic events, everything. It was the Indianapolis Star that reported that. I'll be happy to use their name. I don't mind. You know what happened the next morning on WTHR's website? Uh, that was a false report. That wasn't true at all. Fall sports weren't canceled at all. Something as simple as that. How many people, how many seniors just had their lives ruined because their senior year of sports just got canceled, according to the newspaper, and only to find out the next morning, oh, no, everything's fine. No big deal. It's crazy. It's crazy the world that we live in and the misinformation we get. I, I came across a study this week. Now, it's not going to be by an organization that you've heard of. You can look it up. I can send you the link to the entire research study if you would like. Um, I told some people that I might share this, but I wouldn't share it until I actually saw the study and got to read into it and see where they got their information. It was a study done by what's called the K-E-K-S-T, KEXT CNC. It's a global strategic communications firm. That's why you've never heard of them. This isn't Gallup. This isn't all the polls you hear about or anything like that. They work for big, giant companies. They don't work for the everyday media. And they provide companies with market research from across the globe to help them strat strategically plan in order to grow their businesses, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? So as a part of this ongoing global study they're doing, they've been doing it the whole time of this pandemic, they found this information about America. Now, this is a global study. This is not just America. But they asked just Americans some questions as a part of this study. And their study found that the average American believes that 20%, 20% of our population in the United States of America has the COVID-19 virus. 20%. Do you know what that number would be? 67,640,000. 67 million people is what the average American believes has the virus. Take that to the next level. The average American believes that 9% of our population has passed away from COVID-19. 9%, it's almost 10. 9%, you know what that number would be? 27,500,000. Now, if 27, or 25 million, 27 million people, if 27 million people had died of this virus, should we be afraid? A little bit, yeah, just for the safety of our lives and things like that. That's a huge number. That is a huge number. Now, the reality is 150,000 people, we crossed that mark this week. That's way too many people. Those are lost souls, some of them. Those are people's families and friends and parents and grandparents. That's way too big of a number. But do you see why people are scared? The average American believes that 
27 million of their cohorts have passed away because of this virus. It's a big deal. There's a reason. That is scary to people, especially those people apart from Christ. But that's because of the information that we're always receiving. What causes this? Well, it's fear. People are asking, are we there yet? Will this soon pass? But instead for a hope for the future, all they do really is, even if we get past this, what's next? What's next? Let me give you another great example from during this pandemic process, this thing that we've been going through. How many of you remember in May of this year, the COVID numbers began to start declining? We flattened the curve, right? That was the goal of the quarantine, was to flatten this curve, and that was happening. And then out of nowhere, out of absolutely nowhere came the reports that the murder hornet was coming to destroy us all. Do you remember this? Who remembers this? I remember hearing people talking about this when I was at Kroger, just casual conversation. Pictures like that were being spread all over the internet. I'm not making this up. People believe this was the reality. Well, I'm sure you know that lasted a couple weeks, but then the truth actually came out. It was never really a threat at all. These have existed in the very far northwest corner of the United States and up into Canada for a long time. They weren't actually spreading at all. And oh, by the way, the murder horn actually looks like that. Still ugly, mind you, but you see a small difference in size between the two. The world was ending. Why? Because of the next threat. Do you see? Do you see how it's so easy to confuse and even frighten people with ridiculous sci-fi type things? Why? Why are people so easily deceived, even believers? Let's not exclude ourselves in this because some of you fell for that. I guarantee you reposted some murder hornet stuff. Okay, you did. I don't lie. You know you did. Okay, I laughed the whole time I heard the report. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Who's putting this out there? But anyway, why are so people so easily driven to panic and fear? Well, I'm going to share with you the answer first, and then we'll explain. We're designed to need God. Now, it's up to us whether or not we choose God, whether or not we allow him to fill that designed need for us, but it doesn't change the fact that it's there. When that need is not met, then we're always going to be searching. When we don't tap into everything that God provides to be our source of hope, our source of freedom, our source of security in our own lives, then we've got to turn somewhere else. So where do we turn? Where do people turn? Well, people are followers reason Jesus called us sheep, and it's not always a glorious reason. We turn to those in power over us. We turn to those in leadership. We turn to those in the public eye. And yes, we turn to the media to guide us and direct us. Here's the problem. The majority of the people in those positions these days are searching for the same thing. But where will they take you? Well, they're going to try to take you on the same journey they're on, one that is without God. One that is filled with uncertainty, with doubt, and with fear in this life. One that tends to overreact to whatever the situation. Why? Well, because there's nothing there to balance that overreaction out. There's nothing there to kind of say, you know, maybe that's not true. It's all about pursuing, trying to fill this need in their life. There's no perspective other than that to view it from. There's no source of information for them to rely upon. There's no such thing as absolute truth in their lives to base things on everything is subjective. It's dependent completely on the situation, the moment at hand. It's based on feelings, which can and do often lead us astray. It's based on things like the heart. 
Now, that sounds like a great thing if you're a Disney movie buff. But be very careful about what those children's tales teach our kids. To follow your heart is very dangerous. That's not my opinion. The prophet Jeremiah wrote these words from God. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond all cure. Who can understand it? But but I I thought I was supposed to follow my heart. That's what we're always told, right? Follow your dreams. Follow your heart. Well, the reality is no. (laughs) No, that will lead you astray. Have you seen that play out in your life? Have you seen that play out in somebody's life around you? Instead, Scripture doesn't leave us hanging there. King David gives us some very practical advice as to what to do with the desires of our heart. He says in Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Hmm. You still get the desires of your heart, but you go through God first. Find joy in the Lord. Dedicate yourself to the Lord. Be soft, be pliable in the hands of the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Follow God, allow him to give you those desires. Follow your heart, and those desires will lead you away from God. There's a big difference in those two things. Now, Some people might ask the question, this would be a believer, not a non-believer asking the question, but it could be a non-believer that's like, well, now, these are the desires of my heart. Would God really give me that? Would God really give me that? Because the reality, if we're honest with ourselves, maybe there are some desires within our heart that are not, shall I say, godly, right? That could very easily happen. Would God really give me those ungodly desires in my heart? Well, the short answer to that is no. No, he would not. But you see, here's what happens. When you put yourself in the hands of God, when you delight in Him, guess what happens to your desires? They change. And they change into His desires, or better stated, as you become more like Jesus, His desires become your desires. And those will be the desires of your heart. It's an incredible transformation that takes place in the life of a believer. So what is at the root of everything we see around us? What is the driving force between so much of the the fear, the panic, the anxiety, the depression, the unrest, even the violence that we're witnessing? Well, it it often is fear. Last week, I read a a very short portion of Romans chapter 8. Today, we're going to end up reading the entire thing, but I'm going to pull another section right out of the middle for you. Verse 5. So if you haven't turned to Romans chapter 8, now would be a great time because we're going to be there the rest of the service. Romans chapter 8. But I'm going to read just a few verses while you're finding that. Verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. What does the flesh desire? Money, sex, pride, power. Yeah, that's what the flesh desires. The mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Hopefully you see the stark difference between the mind governed by the flesh and what we see all around us and the mind governed by the spirit, which brings life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Have you seen that playing out in maybe in your own life? Have you begun, to have you ha- during this time and the fears that have resulted, have you dwelt on that issue of death even maybe in your own life? Has your mind fallen victim to this way of thinking as we are surrounded completely by the attacks of the evil one. I'll let you know, it's a dirty little secret I'll tell you next week, but this is not a battle between the government and the people. This is not a battle between you and your neighbors. 
liberals and conservatives, medicine and non-science. It's not a battle between any of those things, kids. <laughs> this is a spiritual battle. And it's a big one. And some of the numbers I'll share with you next week will shock you. Who's winning this battle at the moment? It's sad. We need to be in prayer. Now, is there something to fear for those that haven't accepted Jesus yet? Yeah. Yes, there is. I told you earlier, I've got to be honest with you. I can't sugarcoat this. I can't beat around the bush and say, well, everything is going to be okay. That's not a promise that exists in God's word. The words of Jesus are just as true today as they were when he spoke them to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, beginning of verse 28. He said these words, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one that can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. There is a fear to be had. There is a reason for those apart from Christ to be in a moment right now where they are afraid for their future. But here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. If Jesus just said that and dropped the mic and walked off, would that have been good enough? Yeah, sure it would have. But that's not the heart of Christ. That's not the heart of Christ at all. He says in the very next verse, he lets them know how much he cares for each and every person. Verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. You see, there's a perfect way to overcome fear. It's the love of Jesus. I know, sounds simplistic. But it's true. And we have to share that truth with others around us that are living with fear. Us personally have to accept that truth so we can get over the fear that the world has instilled in us in this moment. As it stands, those apart from Christ have every reason to be afraid, not just what's ahead in this life, but in the future as well. Jesus wants to remind them that he knows them. He sees them. He cares about them. He feels their pain. He cares deeply for them, and he longs for them to know how much he loves them. He loves them so much that in 1 John 4, 8, John reminds us that there is no fear in Christ's love because perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. So many of us, and rightfully so, have concerns about this world, right? Or do we have concerns about those in it? I pray that we do because so many of them don't know Christ. If you have concerns today, then we want to offer you an opportunity right at the end of this message to come forward and bring those concerns to the feet of Christ. Just like the friends last week brought the paralyzed man to the feet of Jesus. Bring those concerns. Quit holding them in. Quit dealing with that anxiety and fear on your own. Quit dealing with that depression on your own. Quit dealing with that fear of a loved one that doesn't know Christ on your own. We have some people that will be up here willing and desire. They want nothing more. If they could just pray with one person today before they left, it would, it would bring them such, such joy. And it would begin to bring you such peace. They want to join you in defeating the attacks of the evil one this very morning. Now, I, I don't think there's anyone in here that doesn't have a concern at all in their life. I just don't. Whether you're a teacher getting ready to go to school, whether you're a parent getting ready to send your kids to school, whether you're older and you have different health issues that this disease could impact you, whether it's the fear of the societal things that are happening around us, the issues with race that exist and fearing maybe those come to your community. We all have those concerns that exist. Will you bring them to Jesus today? 
for some reason in the Christian church, it's been this way is my entire upbringing. This place up here after a message during an invitation time is always very, very empty. It's like people don't feel like they have the freedom to do that. They're embarrassed by asking for prayer. They're embarrassed by coming to Christ. They're embarrassed. They think they got to schedule appointments for these things. No. Now the altar is always open. We just officially make it apparent that it's open. And we got people willing and wanting, desiring to pray with you. And some of us have fears that, hey, nobody's ever going to know the truth in all of this anyway. Who's lying? Who's telling the truth? I'm worried that that will happen and then they'll be able to do the next thing, whatever that is. Well, Jesus offers us some comforting words for that as well. Funny enough, it comes in Matthew chapter 10, right before what we just read. Just literally right before what we just read in chapter 10, verse 26. So do not be afraid of them. <laughs> Imagine that, he says it again. For there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. There's no secret on this planet that will not ultimately be exposed, if nothing else, in the day of judgment. Consider that. What I tell you in the dark, though, he says, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. We are to take this message, and all will be exposed in the end. So in the meantime, don't worry about it. Instead, take the message you're hearing, the message of love, the message of peace in Christ, and what you must do to accept Christ out, and shout it from the rooftops. Not hide in our houses. If we're a believer... The biggest thing that I want you to do today is I want you to walk away encouraged and empowered by the words of God. So much of this time that we have together, we spend expository preaching. We, we explain the word of God to you. And that is appropriate and it's necessary. And it's necessary to apply it to life and its situations. That's why we have it. But sometimes it's very refreshing to just read the word of God and let it speak for itself to be encouraged by the word of God. And so we're going to do this just a little bit differently than normal. We're going to read through this passage with a few interruptions, but not very lengthy ones, and allow God's word to speak directly to you. If you have never stated that you are a believer in the Son of God, that you want him to be your Lord and Savior, then I pray that you walk away today knowing that that's what he wants you to be, and that you have the opportunity to, first and foremost, before you leave today, to accept him. But if you choose not to accept him today, then at least walk away knowing that at any moment in time, you can come to Christ. The sooner, the better. There is a way to live that is filled with fear or with hope and with joy, even as the hard times come. All right, so if you didn't turn to Romans chapter 8 earlier, please do so now. If you don't have a Bible, there's ones under the seats in front of you. Grab your phone, whatever else, read along because it doesn't start slowly. Chapter 8, verse 1, for now, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? We could end right there, couldn't we? There's really nothing more that needs to be said. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. However, the opposite of that would also be true. We must consider that. Verse 2, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit gives, that gi who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. There we are again, freedom. Freedom from the sin and death that reigns in this world. For what the law was powerless to do, verse 3, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be, might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I read this moments ago. 
Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. I'm going to pause there just for a moment. Do you ever get really frustrated with the way those around you are living? This clearly tells us don't. Don't. The mind governed by the flesh cannot submit to God's law. It's doing its own thing. We must teach them the law of God. How about yourself? How do you know? How could you evaluate? Quick evaluation. How do I tell if I'm living according to the flesh? Here's one for right now in this moment. If you're constantly searching the news, searching the media, looking for answers, looking for encouragement, looking for those things, the latest updates, or are you turning to God's word and to prayer, looking for the answers, looking for encouragement, looking for direction? Weigh those. How much time have you spent each during this pandemic? And you can find out what's governing your life. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. That's a reality. Our bodies are subject to death because of this sinful world. We will die. But the Spirit provides us life beginning now. And if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. The same power that brought Jesus from the grave lives within you. Can that power overcome the fear that exists in this world? Absolutely. Verse 12, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, an obligation, a mandate on our lives, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. This is good news, followers. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you are in fear Again, the world around us is a slave to fear right now. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption as sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. The spirit himself testifies with ours that we are God's children. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering sin order that we may also share in his glory believers this is how we're to live this is what others should see in us not a spirit of fear but a spirit of love knowing all that we have in store for us now if you're listening or watching and you're not a believer yet please listen because you've got to know what is available to you come to jesus today Find yourself in his love and quit allowing this world to deceive and depress you. Now, if you're not familiar with the author of this letter to the Romans, his name was Paul. 
And here's what I love about Paul's letters. Unlike the world today, when you read a book on fill in the blank, whatever that is, probably it was written by someone who had it all figured out already, right? They're already living the good life. They seem to be like they're talking way up here to all of us who are way down here. And we all want to get to there, but we, 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 you know, they're already through it. One of the examples, I was talking with Tyler the other day, and I said, hey, I said, this is, this is the example that I set up. Dave Ramsey. Got great information, great stuff to work with, great things to live by, good pr- practical information to follow, right? And he's a multimillionaire. And I'm not. I can't live like him yet. Or ever. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> It's easy to talk from this spot and even tell people how you got there, but the fact that you're already there kind of disqualifies you a little bit because we're not there yet. Paul doesn't do that. Paul writes these letters from a place of suffering. Now, in this case, he probably wasn't in prison. He likely wasn't in prison when he wrote this letter to the Romans, but he absolutely was being persecuted at every turn. And ultimately, he was about to be in prison for the final time before ultimately he is murdered because of his faith. So he's speaking from a place where the only hope he could ever have was in the Lord. He was writing from a place that should have been filled with fear and anxiety from a worldly perspective, yet Paul used, or God used Paul to accomplish something so much greater, to reveal something so much greater to us. And you've got to remember Paul's circumstances when he writes. He hasn't got it all together. He hasn't got it all figured out. He hasn't escaped prison. He's going to die because of what he's writing ultimately. You've got to keep that in mind. Verse 18, I, Paul, consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That our present sufferings in this world don't even compare. He's not even going to put it as his suffering, his beatings, his prison imprisonment. He's not even going to compare that the glory revealed in Christ Jesus. Believers, do you have ears to hear that? Truly, do you have ears to hear that? Do you believe that? If you don't, you don't believe in Jesus already, hear what God has in store for you when you do. Verse 19, for the creation awaits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, those are believers, we groan inwardly as we await eagerly our adoption to sonship, the redemption of of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, right now in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes through us, for us, through wordless groan. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of our spirit. Remember, is our mind in the flesh or is our mind in the spirit? The spirit knows. Because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will 
of God. And we know, verse 28, this is an important verse, followers. This should be one of your life verses. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. But believers, can I caution you real quick? Please, 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 please do not ever take that verse out of context or else you are a liar. You must only be able to apply this verse in absolute context. It does not say that all things are good. It does not say that God works out all things for good. It does not say either one of those things, nor does it say that God works all things out for good for everyone. And we often fall into the trap, especially in times of tragedy, to tell people, well, God will work this out for good. If they're not a believer in Christ, there is no promise whatsoever of that. And we have to be careful. We do not want to be made out to be liars. We know that in all things, good or bad, God works for the good of those who love him. It's a big, big difference. Verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, go ahead. Who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for who? For us. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is the one then who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. And here comes the big, big part to rest in. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution or famine, nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, are you? For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you believe that? I don't know if Christians do in this world. I don't hear them proclaiming it very often. Are you truly convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor present, nor future, nor any powers, height, depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate you from the love of God through Christ Jesus. I asked this question as a part of the series. Are we there yet, you specifically? Are you in that perfect love of Jesus yet? Are you resting in his comfort? Is your hope in him alone, or are you still holding on to the things in this world? Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth are gonna pass away. But my words will never pass away. First John 2, 17. The world and its desires will pass away, but whoever does the will of the Lord will live forever. We have a secret. That's not meant to be a secret. Jesus told us we're supposed to be proclaiming it from the rooftops. There is hope. There is a way to rise above the fear. There is a way to show others that the truth exists in this world. Will we be that example that points them to Jesus? Now, for those of us that are believers, this invitation time to start with is for you. 
Because in order for us to be the example, we have to put our fears aside. We have to lay our concerns at the feet of Jesus. And we're going to offer an opportunity during the rest of this service for you to come forward and just allow somebody to pray over you. Here's the beautiful thing. If you didn't know this, this isn't a confessional where you have to come up and say everything that's going on. That's not it. You might want to share. You might not. I just read the Spirit tells us what to pray for. When we don't know what to pray, He will intervene and pray. And so you could come forward, and Don Timmerman can come stand right beside you, and you may never say a single word ever. But Don will know what to pray for. He'll know specifically what to pray for, to pray for peace in your life. Because God does that for us. He allows us to experience those things. Because we can't go out and share the love and hope of Christ if we are trembling alongside everyone else. We have to stand boldly in the love of Christ and share that with them from a position. Doesn't mean we won't be scared at times, but we share with them that our fear rests in the hands of the Lord, and he's got this. He's got this. If you're not a believer in Christ, whether you're watching or you're here, man, there's a chance for you today to come into this peace, to leave aside this fear and deception that you have bought into hook, line, and sinker. God does not want anyone living in fear. That's why Jesus so please utilize these moments. Loosen up whatever chains are around your feet or your legs to keep you from walking this direction or going into that room. Somebody will just meet you there. Don't miss that moment for the Spirit to move in you. Father God, your words bring such encouragement to us. I too am guilty. Father, we all seem to spend more time in the things of this world than we do in your world. And then we wonder, gee, why am I so upset? Why am I so fearful? Why am I paralyzed in this world? Father, give me some guidance. Give me some direction. We'll, we'll pray for those things. But then we won't use the resources that you've given us to give us the answers, Father, your word, right? At our fingertips every moment of every day. Father, believing people around us that we can contact at any time that will lift us up in prayer in our timeless of weakness. Father, do we believe that we're more than conquerors? Do we believe truthfully that there is nothing? I bet Paul in the original draft of this letter had so many things listed, he had to edit it down to just those few fears that we have. But Father, the list is endless. There's nothing that can separate us from your love if we're in Christ. Are we in that love yet? And if we don't feel like we are, today's the day. Even if we've been a long time following, we just need some encouragement and prayer. Today is the day to find our place within that love once again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Even though